hey, I hope that worship really helped you take your eyes off your life and focus on Jesus. That's what's so amazing about worship. And I know you probably got a bunch of kids running around the house or something. I don't know. Maybe you're watching in your car on your work break with some headphones in. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're at Starbucks, right? Wherever you're chilling. Listen, I know there's plenty of distractions. I hope you're able to focus through that worship. And if not, I hope that you're able to like clear your head of distractions right now. I hope I'm able to clear my head of distractions right now so that we can push into what God has for us together. We're going to be jumping into Matthew chapter 14 and starting in verse 22. It's an amazing passage, one I preached about a year ago, but man, I feel like I just totally got it wrong. I got to get it wrong, but God has shown me so much stuff. I reluctantly Landed in this passage trying to hunt down a message on courage. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But before we get too far into it, man, I just need to pray. And maybe you do too. Dear God, thank you so much for your word. I just pray that you would speak to us through it. I know my words, uh, they get all jumbled up sometimes. They're quite a mess. And uh, I don't want to get in the way of what you have for us. It feels inadequate what we have to bring to the table, but we know it's okay because you're a really big God and you do really big things. And I'm asking you, somebody needs you to do something big in their heart. Somebody's really struggling right now, needs to hear from you. Somebody is trying to figure out what steps they need to take. They have no idea. They're confused, lost. They need it. They need you to break through all that confusion. We know that you can. Your word does not go out and return void. God, I need that promise to be true right now. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. What gets you? What gets you? What gets you up? What gets you down? What gets you? Like, ever have something that just repeatedly seems to knock you down? Right, like it's just it, no matter what, it hits that spot in your life, and it just crumples you. I mean, I have one of those things in my bedroom. It's it's, a, it's that bed end of my bed is like the perfect height. There's wood, pointy edge to it. It's like the perfect height to get you right in that sweet spot of your shin bone. You know, not too low where you can kind of feel it coming and shrug it off. Not too high where your knee kind of like can catch it and dodge you a little bit, but right in the middle of that shin bone that you have swung your leg just too hard and too fast in the middle of a step where there's no turning back and there's no pushing through and it just gets you and crumples you. You know what it's like, right, to have a room, a house full of people, not a room full of people, like the kids are in their own room, mom and dad are in their room, like you got, a, you got people in the house that are asleep and you like hit that spot. That spot that gets you every time and it crumples you and you can't even make a sound about it. You got to suffer silently. You got to just take it and just let it curl up into your face. Maybe get a grunt like a out as you quietly drop to the floor in tears because that one spot, that one thing just got you. What gets you? What gets you feeling so insecure? What gets you feeling so worthless? What gets you feeling so lost? What gets you feeling so defeated? 
What gets you feeling insignificant? What gets you? What gets you? My guess is this is the same pointy thing every time. Maybe it's seeing somebody else accomplishing the dreams you had for your life on Instagram. And you see that post and all of a sudden you're just crumpled in a feeling of defeat. Like your life doesn't have purpose or meaning. Maybe it's, maybe it's seeing that couple right like down the street holding hands on a walk and it just hits you in that spot and crumples you. And in that moment, you feel so alone. I don't know what gets you, but it's the same things that keep popping up in my life that get me. They're, they're the same things that keep hitting me and making me feel like I'm nobody or like I'm insecure, like I'm struggling. What gets you? What gets you? See, in this message, it's called what, what Gets You. I wanted to talk about courage, but I found I needed to talk about something else that leads to courage. You ever have that happen? Like you set out with intention and then you realize that you got to change it all up? Like I was struggling to talk about courage. I, I know you need courage. Listen, you need courage in the worst year ever. You need courage. But the problem is courage is one of those things that on our own, it just runs out. And talking about it to somebody who needs courage, it just seems so cliche. I'm not comfortable. You're not going to learn courage, how to be courageous from some snazzy little message that we throw up at gracefreechurch.net slash talk. You're not going to learn like it from some preacher wearing a pink shirt under a camo sweatshirt whose things are never quite straight. You're not going to learn courage from me. I wanted to talk about courage in this part of this series because I know I need it. And I know you probably need it too. That this last year has tested us in ways that have filled our hearts with fear. That, that it's been difficult to be courageous because it's hard to be courageous when life gets hard. But I struggled to come up with a message. And so I found myself like trying to, trying to learn courage. You can't learn it from a book. I think you can learn courage through watching the example of others and through your own life experiences. I think that's how we learn courage. And I think we learn courage through the example of others and through our own life experiences because, well, because it's how we build confidence. You can look at the courage of others. You can see that they made it through this before. Somebody else made it through losing a brother in a car accident. Maybe I can make it too. And you learn a little bit more to be courageous because your confidence starts to grow. You can learn to be courageous through really difficult times. You go through a financially difficult time where you are strapped and broke and trying to figure out how to feed the people you love. You, and you watch as God provides for you unexpectedly. And all of a sudden, your confidence grows and you can be a little more courageous. You, you learn it through the example of others and through your own life experiences. And so instead of like something that we just learn in our head, it's more like a muscle we develop learning how to be courageous. And so while I know we need more courage in our lives, and we're going to need some courage to get through this next year. We're going to need some courage to, to, to be where God needs us to be. I also know I can't just teach it to you because it's something we got to learn through experience and through, through, through the examples of others and and through our confidence building in both of those things. And so I went on a search this week, right, to find this, 
story. I would look at all the courageous stories in the Bible looking just for an example. Something that would touch my life and where I'm at right now. Something that would hit my experiences. And I ended up at this passage in Matthew chapter 14. Starting in verse 22. If you have your Bible so you can flip there. It says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately, the word pops up twice here in really sweet fashion, said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter, this is the part I want to focus on. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, Save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? When they climbed onto the boat, the wind died down and they worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. I found a lot of my life experience relating to Peter in this passage it's a passage that is the story of Jesus walking on the waters is told in all of the different Gospels, but this is the only Gospel, Matthew, that focuses on Peter. You know, all these Gospels are telling the story of Jesus inspired by the Holy Spirit. They're God's Word written through man's pen and personality and paper. And Matthew penned this Gospel of Matthew, duh, under inspiration of Jesus, the Holy Spirit and he wanted to draw our attention to something that the other ones kind of left out for good reason. Like, you know, he, he drew our attention to this picture of Peter, and it's a picture of Peter that I find myself relating so much to these days. This passage, we talked about one of the counter passages just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. I talked about it in the end of our Peace Thief series and how we looked at the whole group of disciples and how they were really struggling with a hard heart after God had done some miraculous stuff. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I intentionally left out this part about Peter in that message a couple months ago. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about how Jesus sent them out into the lake and left them alone, knowing full well that there was a storm they were going to encounter. I don't want to talk about that, but maybe you need to hear that. Maybe you need to hear that sometimes God sends us out. It feels like he's not with us. It feels like we're all alone in the middle of a lake, getting nowhere, buffeted by the wind and waves of life. Sometimes we need to ride that boat into the storm to see and learn and experience something God has for us that's really important. I don't want to talk about that, though. Maybe you need to hear that if you're stuck on a lake right now, God has a purpose for you, and he will work all things for the good of those who love him. I don't want to talk about that, though, today. And I don't even want to talk about how it was the fourth hour, how it was like all night, 
God's timing is not our timing, and we think our timing is always better. I don't want to talk about how we want God to show up because we feel so alone in this moment. We want things to get better right now, but it seems like it takes forever for him to show up and do something new in our lives. I don't want to talk about it, but maybe you need to hear that. Maybe you need to hear right now that if it's not happening on your timing, it does not mean God has forgotten about you. It does not mean he doesn't hear your cries and your requests. It does not mean he won't rescue you. It just means his timing is better. And I don't know what he has for you to learn in this space, but he's got something important because he loves you. I don't want to talk about how it was the fourth watch, how we sent him out into the middle of the lake. I want to talk about how even when we don't feel like Jesus is close, and some of you are feeling that right now, he still sees you. Even when you can't see him, he still sees you. This mountainside, if you were to take a tour in Israel, right, like they would take you down to this lake, the Sea of Galilee, and they would show you the sea and the mountainsides of the lane, and the tour guide would take you up there, and he would sit you down, and he would show you where Jesus prayed, or where they think Jesus prayed, about the same kind of place that Jesus would have prayed, and how you could see the boat still on the lake. They couldn't see him, but Jesus could see them. This passage about Peter it's really interesting because Jesus, he goes out onto the lake at just the right time, even though it felt like it was too late. At just the right time, even though it felt like he was never going to show up. At just the right time, even though it felt like they were never going to get anywhere, he shows up to them at just the right time. And this incredible thing happens with Peter. Like they're scared at first. They look out and they see him and they're like, is it a ghost? Is this a ghost? I don't know what it is. And Jesus immediately, because he always shows up right on time, immediately he says, take courage in his eye. Don't be afraid. And then Peter does this absolutely incredible thing. I want to talk to you about little faith in a big God. You see, Peter, he's like, on this boat, and he has this moment that's different than all the other disciples' moments. <clears throat> it's a moment of faith where he steps out of what was comfortable to him, what felt safe to him, what is known to him to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus. Some of you are in that right now. It's a little scary. You feel the tension a little bit, right? Like, you know he's calling you to take a step of faith to pursue something deeper with him. But you're scared to leave what's familiar. You're afraid to leave what's comfortable. Even though the ship's not getting anywhere. <laughs> Even though your life is stuck and he's trying to leave you somewhere new. Even though the next thing he has for you is way better than the thing you're in right now. You're struggling to leave what's familiar and comfortable and what is known for the joy that Jesus has for you in pursuing him. I, I thank God for Peter. Because sometimes I'm the guy sitting in the boat. 
And I need his example to help me know it's okay. To help me find the confidence to step out of the boat. Yo, I want to be that example to some people too. Sometimes I'm the guy sitting in the boat, but sometimes I've stepped out. Sometimes you, you can step out and trust Jesus to take a step out of what's comfortable and what is known to you to follow him to what's next. You can take a step. If you're scared of getting baptized, you can take a step. If you're scared of serving, you can take a step. If you're afraid to go to church, you can take a step. If you're afraid of living your purpose out, you can take a step. If you're afraid of being stretched, you can take a step. If you're afraid of giving something up, you can take a step and trust him. He says, if it's you, if it's really you that's not big faith that's little faith that's a what if that's just entertaining the possibility of if why couldn't you entertain the possibility of if it's already written on your hearts you've been asking what if anyway You've been saying, what if there's something more? What if I'm missing out? What if God has something for me? What if I got it wrong? What if there's something better? What if, what if, what if it's written on your hearts anyway? Why not entertain the possibility of the if? And let faith be what propels your next steps. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be big faith. Just little faith. He steps out, and in one step, he is out of the boat. Get out of your boat. Just get out of the boat and pursue Jesus deeper. He gets out of his boat, and I just need to pause here and say this. Like, for however long it was, Jesus, Peter did something that there was no instructions, right? Like, Jesus wasn't like, Here's how to walk on water. Here's the list. Some of y'all, like, you know, you're like, read the directions. Read the directions. Don't put the table together. Read the directions. Some of y'all are like all about, I need to know every detail of my life before I take a step. I need to have it all planned out. What are all the consequences? Let's weigh all the risk. Let's figure out the finances before I take a step. Sometimes you just got to step and you got to stop trying to figure it out. Jesus doesn't tell him how to walk on water. He just says, come, one word, that's it. No list, no fancy sermon, not four points to figure out how to walk on water, not the six things you need to do to experience something nobody's ever experienced. It's just the call from Jesus saying come it's the only word you need to hear it's all you need to know if he says come you can come if he says here you can make it there that's it the God of the universe looks at Peter's little faith and he says come and Peter leaves what's behind and for a moment capture the picture for a moment he is doing what no human has ever or will ever do. He is walking on water with Jesus. Somebody like golf clap that out, Peter. Somebody like, man, you gotta like, come on. My dude is walking on water. I want to know. Like, I want to know more. I want to know what that felt like in that moment. I want to know if he was like, yo, like, do you, do you, what did that step feel like? How amazing was it? 
How incredible was it when you stepped down and you didn't sink right away? He's walking on water. The only way to experience what you never thought possible. The only way to experience more than you ever thought of imagining in your life, in your relationships, in your workplace. The only way is to respond to that simple instruction from Jesus that says, come, to pursue him. It's it's amazing how rich life is, how incredible life is on this unbelievable journey of following him. Don't miss out. For whatever reason, though, the part I relate to, right, like the example I needed to learn from, the example of Peter that would help me ultimately come up with the courage I need to get through this year, the example I need for, that, that, that would impact my experiences and help me find courage, right, like happens in what's next. Like he does that absolutely incredible, but then somewhere between what was and what was to be, he took his eyes and his focus off Jesus, right, and he sees the waves. Pretty understandable. He's walking on water, no land around, boats out of reach now. He's walking on water towards Jesus. The waves didn't stop. The wind didn't calm down. Everything's still blowing. I don't know what Peter had in his mind. If he he took this step of faith, everything was going to be hunky-dory. Everything was going to be great. That's not how life or faith works. Faith is what propels you through the storm. It doesn't just eliminate the storm. Faith is what sustains you in the darkness of the fourth watch. It doesn't make the sun rise right away. Faith is how you walk on water. It doesn't turn the ocean to a puddle. Faith. And it just takes a little. But along the journey, right, like he took his eyes off Jesus for a second. Maybe it was just a second. Maybe it was longer. I don't know. But he took his eyes, and what happens is what happens to all of us when we lose our focus. You see, faith is a matter of focus. It's a matter of what you're looking at. That's why you can have big faith in the wrong thing and get nowhere. It's why you can have a little bit of faith in the right one and get everywhere. Jesus, he looks at like in Right away, he looks at the waves and he starts to sink. Do you notice that it says he began to sink? It didn't say he sunk. He began to drown. It doesn't say he drowned. He just began to sink. That's the falling feeling I know too well. Because what gets him gets me. What gets you? You see, for me, what gets me is the uncertainty about my next step. It's the uncertainty about what life holds. It's about what, what's going to happen this year. Two months. What if nothing changes? What if everything changes? It's the possibility of if going in the wrong direction. Not driven by faith. It's the uncertainty of life my future. It gets me. Maybe that's what gets you. It got Peter, uncertainty. The fear of failing, it gets me. Every time, same sweet spot. 
What if I fail? What if I take this step and it turns out bad? What if things get worse? What if I sink? What if I screw up? What if I can't provide for my family? What if, what if I fail at this thing? What if, I, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not right enough? What if I'm not the wrong person? What if I fail? It, it gets Peter. It gets me too. Maybe it gets you. What if I fail? You see, it's the space between leaving what, what I know and what God has for me. It's that awkward space when you take the step, but your foot hasn't hit the floor. It's that weird feeling where you know if that floor isn't there, you're going to fall. It's the space between what was known and what God has for me that gets me. The same thing that gets Peter gets me. What gets you? What derails your faith? What sinks you into insecurity, loneliness, defeat, fear, anxiety? What gets you? And this is the one line that made me preach this whole sermon. You ready? It's the one line that had me throw out Five points on being courageous. This is the one line that had me in tears on my desk when it hit me. It doesn't matter what gets you if he got you. I'm so glad he's got me. doesn't matter what gets you. If he's got you, you're going to be okay. Immediately. Immediately Jesus was there. Peter, he cries out, Lord, save me. Immediately, he just reaches towards Jesus in desperation. You see, his feet were failing, but his voice wasn't. If your feet are failing, use your voice and cry out for him. He's got you. He's got you. Immediately, he was there, Jesus. He didn't let him drown. He didn't let him sink. He just started to sink. And immediately, Jesus was there grabbing him, holding him above the water, walking with him all the way back to the boat. Who cut the distance down? My guess is Jesus, Peter didn't make it far enough to bump into Jesus. It says he immediately, he was close to Peter. And this thing, right, like about God is that he always cuts the distance to you. He cuts the distance. He cut the distance to you on a cross. And in an empty tomb, you will never have to cut the distance to God. He'll cut the distance to you and he's cutting the distance right now to you. You can't see him, but he's there and he sees you. You, you can't, he doesn't feel close to you. 
But he's right there. God always cuts the distance because he loves you. He's not going to let you sink. If your legs are failing, use your voice. Little faith. I love the shade he throws Peter at this moment. I don't love it. I didn't love it at first. It didn't make any sense to me at first. I love the shade he throws him. He goes like, right? Like, this is the shade. Burned, right? My kids would say burn. Like, he's, he immediately catches him and grabs onto him. And then he says this troubling verse that gives me such joy now that I understand it. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You of little faith, why did you doubt? Little faith, what about the dudes in the boat? What about those guys? I stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Like, come on, you seriously burning me on this? Like, little faith? You're calling, it's a, that's little faith? I, I couldn't understand this, right? Like, I couldn't understand the picture of little faith. And then I remembered that little faith is all it takes. See, Matthew 17, verse 20, he sent the disciples out to do some miracles, and they couldn't do it. Then he came back, and they said, why didn't this work? Why weren't we able to cast those demons out of those people? Why weren't we able to heal people? He says, because you have too little, so little faith. But then he said this, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as this mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And then it all came into picture for me. I don't need to have big, world-changing faith. I just need to have the right focus. Because my faith is a matter of focus. A couple passages later, Jesus is talking to a Canaanite woman. It's just found at the end of this chapter. It's probably the same page in your Bible. He's talking to this Canaanite woman, and he was like, this is really awkward exchange, but it's for this very important point. Like, she's struggling, she's fighting for Jesus' attention, fighting for a miracle from Jesus, fighting for him. Like, and the disciples are like, he's like, don't you understand? He says this confusing thing, don't you understand? I came for the children of Israel, not for you. Like, and then she says, she challenges him, like she would not take her focuses off them he says, I was sent only for the lost sheep. And the woman comes back and says, help me. And he replies, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Like in the insultful comment right there, it doesn't make sense until you get to the end. And she says, yes, it is, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from her. And then Jesus says to her, woman, you have great faith. Your faith is requested. And I see it in the contrast, the focus, a woman who refused to take her focus off Jesus, whom Jesus calls a person of great faith, and Peter, whose focus drifted and had little faith. But either way, you have here in this body of water a moment where little faith meets great grace, and that's all you need. The confidence doesn't come from your world-changing faith, how on fire you are for God, how much you know about it. It's not from being so passionate that you cry at every worship song. The, the, the confidence you need for the courage that will walk you through whatever has to happen next, it doesn't come from your big faith. You just need to bring a little faith to the table, and His great grace does the rest. 
God's a big God extending big grace to you to cover the distance you can't cover on your own. He'll, he'll cut the distance to you. He cut it on a cross. He'll cut it in your circumstances. He will give you everything that you need. And with your faith as small as a mustard seed, among the wind and the waves, nothing will be impossible as you follow him. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much that I don't need to be some superhero. It's my little broken, messed up faith is good enough because my little faith is placed in a big God. I need your great, big grace because my legs fail often. I, I, I see the waves and the wind. The uncertainty gets me. The fear of failing gets me. But it doesn't matter what gets me if you've got me, if you have me. I pray anybody that hasn't, right, like, they would just give you their lives right now. And for those of us that have been so focused on the waves, let's just be a check for our faith in a really big God calls us to come. In Jesus' name, amen.